and welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, a podcast where my friend Liz and I talk about all of the things we usually talk about at our weekly Sunday lunch. These topics vary from the hilarity of day-to-day life to theology, from how adorable our dogs are to the nuances of faith and life in this interesting cultural moment, all from the perspective of two women working in ministry. We might not get to share a meal with you, but you're always invited to this table. On today's episode, we have our good friend Jonathan with us. Hey, Jonathan. Hey. And we're going to talk about some stuff because we could not figure out exactly what to talk about. So, as always, we're excited to talk about all of these things with you, so pull up a seat. So, have you guys ever done a podcast in a kitchen before? <gasps> oh, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> this I, is the first. This is our first um, actual in the kitchen podcast. We are... Um, Currently at my pastor's house, where I'm house-sitting. I would also like to say that you said, Sarah, that you were going to cook for us, but then you just ordered takeout. <laughs> wow. So it was interesting. There was no be- cooking happening in this kitchen. You made lemon bars. I made lemon bars. For me, there specifically. Was there was baking. Baking. I did want to cook, but things at work got a little hectic this week, and so that did not happen. But I did make lemon bars, and I made them because they're Liz's favorite. They are my favorite. My but absolute favorite. How did you feel about them, Johnny? They were good. They were very good. Oh, you're, you're lying. He, he says that now. <laughs> but actually, you're earlier, I was like, hey, I'm making lemon bars. And you were decidedly unimpressed. I'm not going to explain it again. I've already explained my position over. To me, over, but not to, the, not to our audience, not to the <sighs> listeners. You owe it to the listeners to explain your position. It is beyond a doubt that lemon bars are a divisive dessert. People either love them or hate them. And I happen to kind of fit in the middle. Okay, but you can't say <laughs> you can't say you either love them or oh, hate you either them. Either love them or hate them. Sit in the middle. <laughs> so I, I love them. I am not a big chocolate eater though. So I right. love like lemon or orange flavored things. Yes. I could eat that stuff all day. But you still complained. Okay, I was being sarcastic. When I did she it. complained because there's there was no, no powdered, powdered sugar, sugar in the house, <laughs> and. Apparently, that's what makes a lemon bar. I kind of thought that the word lemon, since it's in the name of the dessert... It's deceiving. I don't know. Is it, no, though? They were good. I ate two. Oh, I didn't realize you went back for a second. There's a whole another like... There's a whole tray, and I ate a tiny piece of one because I'm still doing the keto diet because I hate my life. You're yeah. a whole weekend. Yeah, and I even bought you guys good pizza, so... You did. Good. I'm glad. John, you um, didn't really want to eat any dis- or any salad. I did eat salad, though. But then you went back. We, I had everything. We pressured you into it. I had everything. <laughs> I feel like since your wife's not here, I have to, you know, keep on top of your nutritional. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. The tropes. The tropes. So what's new, Johnny, since the last time you were here? A lot is new. Oh, my goodness. A lot is new. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Um, we're, we're waiting to hear a new thing. Yeah. In my mind, a lot goes into that question. One of the, the best things... Uh, I don't even know how to answer that question in terms of, like, <laughs> limiting. Yeah. Limit yourself to one thing that's new. What's one thing What's that's one new? thing that's new? Yeah. Um, While you're talking, I'm going to refill my water glass, but it's fine because we're right wow. next to the fridge. Right next to the fridge. We're right next to the fridge. It's true. Hey, go ahead. One thing that's new. That's such a terrifying question. One thing? Yeah. What if we said, what are all the things that are new? That's, that's more terrifying. It is. At least it's unanswerable. That's true. Um. Oh, 
Here's something. Okay. It's nice and kosher. I can talk about it without feeling weird at all. <laughs> the the other things that are new, I feel weird about talking about. Anyways, now I'm now I'm. Well, now like, you have to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. We started <laughs> as our in our morning classes for church a college level textbook for all of the uh, adult students. And it is going fantastically and horribly all at the same time. Huh, what's fantastic? The fantastic thing is everybody is kind of like rising to the occasion and getting a lot out, out of the reading. The non-fantastic thing is everybody's really complaining about it. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. you're the shepherd, so they just have to do what you want. <laughs> I guess they have I no autonomy of their own learning on Sunday mornings, right? It's all on it you. It all falls on you. <laughs> I don't believe that. But but I, I've, I've always had so many people tell me, like, you try, like, uh, during worship services have to be simple, right? Like, they have to be really, and um, almost to the point of being, like, non-intellectually stimulating. Right. And um, I guess in a... Well, that depends on the model of the church, right? And yeah. So yeah, and it depends the, on the people who are there, I think. Yeah, there's an attractional model of churches where they tend to keep things a little less theologically heavy mm-hmm. so that way people who come and visit don't feel the burden of not understanding heavy theological discussions which i think there's a place for yeah for sure. but i do personally get bored easily yeah. um i read my own set of of textbooks even though i'm not in seminary just to encourage my own learning because i do work and go to an attractional model church. That's not to Mm. say that I don't ever get anything out of our sermons because I very much do. Um, Our pastors are very committed to the exegesis of scripture. And so I feel good about it, but I do want to learn more, but I don't necessarily always have that opportunity. Yeah. So that's cool. Do you feel like people are rising to the occasion? Um, I mean, so we're, we're on week five, I think we're on week five. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting to see, but as of yet, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. And like we, it's more people are actually coming to that time than before. Um, it's, but they're complaining. (laughs) Yeah. Like, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I was kind of that way though. Like when I went to Bible college, like some of those classes I took, man, I complained about them, but I loved them at (laughs) the same time because they just really stretched or just made me think about stuff I had been taught all my life and whether I still agreed with that or whether my own personal views had to change. Um, but I hated it, but I loved it at the same time. It was such a weird tension to yeah. me. Yeah. So. Uh, and I've never attended any sort of religious college. That still blows me away. Why? I think I told you this before. I told you this before and you took it as an insult. I was like, I cannot believe that you haven't you know, gone to seminary. Did I take it as an insult? Yeah, you took that as an insult, and it's clearly a compliment. It's I can totally like, see you taking that as yeah, an insult. Maybe. Well, I, I, You're just really well-versed. Huh, and not, okay. like, well-versed in terms of, like, like synthesizing it, too. Oh, well, thank you. I'm yeah. trying to learn more. But again, it's one thing to do that on your own. It's another thing to do that um, with someone actually teaching you. And so sometimes mm. I resort to things like YouTube videos. <laughs> um, N.T. Wright actually does free courses yeah. that are so good. Well, well, how are they free? I don't think they're free. 
What do you um, mean they're free? I know that I took a free NT Write course. I'll have to send it to you, Johnny. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, NT Write Online. Yeah. I'm, I also oh. took um, a Hebrew class, a seminary class. That you were convinced you were failing. I passed with a C. Plus, <laughs> get degrees. No, but I cannot tell you anything. Basically, I. Well. Online? Yeah. You took Hebrew online? I did. You. It was not a good idea. And it was mostly for people who had already taken some Hebrew, no, but no. it was an introductory class. So I, I mistakenly <laughs> thought that I would be able to do it. It was a mistake. When did you, when did you do that? <laughs> Last semester. I was really convinced I was going to fail. The only reason I didn't is because of a... And you did it over, like, Christmas and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, when you were dying. Like, and I was half and dead. And you were really sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fact that you passed is a little amazing. Yeah. I, I really wanted to learn, though. So I spent, spent $600 on this class. I didn't learn anything. But you passed. But I passed. <laughs> what drove you to take it? And was it through the, the church's college? I wanted to take Hebrew. Yeah, but Why? Because I want to be well-versed in biblical languages. Wow. Yeah, I took Greek um, in early college with Matt. We had a friend, not a friend, he was Matt's former principal, of all things, um, who spoke and read Greek fluently and so taught us. Biblical Greek? Yeah. I'm notoriously terrible with languages. So, like, one time we were on a mission trip to Mexico, and I was supposed to invite kids to come play marbles at the park. And instead of canicas, which is marbles, I invited them to come and play with carnitas. <laughs> and they were like, no, that's not right. <laughs> Close enough. No. Close and enough. I took four years of German and cannot really speak German either. So Whoa. languages are... Four years? Yeah. Well, because I thought I could talk to my grandparents if I took German. But the dialect was so different. <laughs> like, it was so different. All the slang and, and things that were completely oh, that's fantastic. It's different. kind of like Spanish that they teach... It's like really formal Spanish that you learn in school, but yeah. it's not really how you speak Spanish in like your neighborhood. Yeah. Well, so. you're fluent in Spanish. Right. But I mean, I took three years of Spanish in, co- in high school and a semester in college, but I learned more when I was in, in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. I actually had to use it. You have to use it. Did you take a foreign language? Um, yeah. So I took, I'm coming back to Spanish now, but I took Hebrew and Greek. And in high school? No. Oh, like no. So, <laughs> so I did sem- I did I did Spanish in high school and didn't learn a thing in those two years, and now I'm coming back to it just on my own. But coming back to those classes and education in church, my first in my first like pastoral um, place mm-hmm. was teaching Hebrew and Greek at my local church. Wow, that's cool. It was really strange and like yeah it didn't go over super well because it was like you know that took a a lot of my time that I was getting paid for and people were just getting intellectual benefit from it but right I'm so committed to like these things should be in church yeah in fact um my husband's family is Jewish and so they're actually friends with um the rabbi at a local temple and they do Hebrew school. Yeah. And I'm like We have talked about this before. Yeah, I'm like, I wonder if they'd let me go to Hebrew school <laughs> with the children. <laughs> I feel like I would learn more and it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. We went to um a few months ago we went 
we were invited to tour the local mosque here in town. Oh, right. Um, and that day they were doing like Quran school with the oh, kids. Yeah. And we were, um, my, a friend of mine that I work with, we were laughing because on one of the benches it said like this kid's name. And, and we know that some of our students where I live go to this mosque. Yeah. And it's this kid's name and it said, you know, so-and-so is a snitch. And I was like, see, it goes with every culture. Snitches <laughs> get stitches. Snitches is king. <laughs> That's great. Why are you learning Spanish now? Um, probably half of the pastors in my denomination are are bilingual, and maybe a quarter of that half are what? So not that was completely misset. <laughs> probably twenty percent of the pastors in my denomination are solely Spanish speaking. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. In your entire like the national denomination. Yeah. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Um, is there a cultural Spanish Seventh Day movement or or? Yeah. So I have no idea because it started out as a very like Caucasian white German right. movement in the Midwest, and then that kind of like spread over the last hundred and fifty years. And but I think it's I I would really have no idea when it got into the Hispanic community and yeah, kind of like. But yeah, that's the. It's been growing incredibly rapidly in my denomination for, for the last like forty years, I think. That's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, that was the thing. It's. I mean, even uh, the NAB, the conference that Liz and I belong to, started as German. Yeah. Yeah. Baptists, and now a lot of these German churches are planting Spanish churches, mm. which is so interesting and so cool. Yeah. It's really cool. I think it's great that churches are evolving. That like to be able to accommodate more of their community um, in, like, an evangelical church setting. Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of the, the way that our conference is, well, part of it, at least, at least here in NorCal, because that's our population here are moving um, to plant those Spanish churches. Yeah. yeah. Well, even um, I noticed that our denomination has a head of, is it racial reconciliation or racial? Um, something like something that. Something like yeah. that. And I think that that's so interesting and so good yeah. Yeah. Um, to have someone who's aware of those issues and making sure that we are um, not just <laughs> being more of ourselves. You know, yeah, not, not, not just, just being, being not just being passive about them, but like right. acknowledging that there are there are these racial issues. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that there are things that we need to work out that we have not been perfect in doing. Yeah, yeah, and we live in a predominantly white town with a Spanish population. Um, and so that's not always reflected in our churches. Oh, for sure. Um, we do have, uh, like, First Baptist has a Spanish ministry. Like, we have a Spanish pastor. Um, and then there are, aren't there a couple of Spanish churches on the east side? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, actually. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know much of it. But it's just interesting that I think that they're starting to, like, build some some bridges. I know another church in our denomination just planted a church on the east side. Yeah. Um, where the majority of Spanish speaking people live um one of the churches in our denomination jared we can see oh okay yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah so so it's really good that um, we have somebody actually like on the staff at our international level Mm -hmm. making sure that our race relations are are good i just wonder what that looks like in the long term yeah Yeah. one of the things i'm super curious about in terms of you guys saying planting spanish congregations one of the things that I appreciate about, I mean, like fundamental to the gospel is 
uh, racial unity as well as, you know, um, yeah. gender unity and things like this. Yeah, um, it's a thing. And the nice thing about the size of my denomination in most congregations, they're so small that, you know, like if there's one uh, church in town, like all of these individuals have to meet together. They have yeah. no other option. But where there is this possibility of being more specific yeah. based on context, I'm kind of curious. I have feelings both ways. Because I do believe that there's an issue in our churches with representation in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so if people don't see a Spanish-speaking person on the main staff or a person of color on the main mm. staff or a woman... Uh, um, Even the, represented on a Sunday morning. Right. In, yeah. any, in any capacity. Then wouldn't you ask yourself, like, do I belong here? And so um, someone yeah. asked me that question when we were having a discussion. Like, if you walked into, like, a historically black church... Would you feel like that could be your home church? And I said, no, not because I don't think that they would be welcoming or, or whatever, but because I don't know what just happened, <laughs> but because if there wasn't any representation, I'd sort of wonder like, oh, is this a place for people like me? Hmm. Um, and so when we don't have that representation, I think that that's a, that's a way that we communicate. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then when you do, so, so in our town, a lot of our Spanish-speaking people only speak Spanish, and so we don't have like a bio- uh, biological, a bilingual <laughs> service. And so I do think that that sort of um, causes some structural. Now we issues. did sit through a bilingual mass yesterday. Yeah, we it was went in to, English and Spanish. We went to um, Liz and I went to a local Catholic church for Ash Wednesday, and it was bilingual. Yeah, I would have gone to like an evening service, but I had some work stuff to do in the evening. So we went in the morning, um, and that was really interesting. I forget how, I forget that some, that it's in two languages because I speak both. And so I sit there and I'm just, I forget. She's so so haughty about it. uh. It didn't even feel bilingual to me. (laughs) (laughs) It did at one point. I remember going, that was funny. Um, But um, You were mostly making fun of the priest's voice. (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I agree. I think that there is some, um, like if you were to walk into a predominantly different church, mm-hmm. the question of do I belong here? But on the flip side, I do think that church unity can be done. I think that yeah. church, and it, that it needs to be done, and that's something that needs to be celebrated more, especially in a town like ours where there mm. is a huge divide. Right. Yeah. Um, it's easy for us to stay in our own in our own building and in our own doors. But really the whole idea is that we are all the body of Christ and therefore we all need to be worshiping together. Absolutely. Um, And I have seen it work and it'd be beautiful and I have seen it crash and burn. (laughs) Um, But I still think even in the crashing and burning that there's there's things that we learn about each other. Mm. Um, Like there's some beauty in that? Yeah. not Even in a pursuit. Not Yeah. Like um, there's a... Yeah, you can talk. A really famous... um, quote that Thomas Merton says and really it's the idea of I don't know that I'm you know he's chasing after God and he says something like I don't know that I'm really chasing after you but I know in in my heart that even the idea of trying to chase after you is pleasing to you right but I'm like we may not get it right we may not get it right but yeah even in the attempt God is pleased and so I think I'd love to see more of that happen um in our little town what do you think that looks like I have no idea yeah and that's (laughs) I don't know because I kind of feel like that has to be an intentional structure from the beginning. I think it's one thing. Mm. Um, 
And, and not that it has to be, but it's easier that way. So a church like the one I go to that's 115 years old, that's been the same way for a long time, I think would be difficult um, to sort of create that culture. But I think if you started a church and that was the culture from the beginning, mm. then that would be mm-hmm. a lot easier. Do you, um, so, so you're learning Spanish because of this. Yeah. Do you have an intentional way that you like reach out to people that are different? Uh, oh, what? What do you mean? That question does not go in where I thought it was going. What did you think it was <laughs> I thought gonna go? I thought we were gonna talk about Spanish, but now we're talking about reaching out to people who are... Well, oh no, I just mean like, like different races or different... In town? Yeah. No, I don't get out much. You know that's <laughs> Well, we had a conversation once. Okay, so at my church, I am the head of communications and connections. So I do like welcome ministries. And you thought it was so absurd that we do like a newcomer's gift. Oh, yeah. Why? Uh, <laughs> I like it when we can be prepared for conversations. I'm like okay, absolutely petrified. I'm like no, 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 no. Stop talking. Before oh, wow. this, wow, you no, just took control because right now there. I'm mad. Okay. Yes, and, you are. And, I don't get, and I don't get, I'm pointing at the microphone and everything. Laughing and laughing. We sat here for an hour and a half yeah, eating dinner did. and talking. And it's I kept true. saying, Johnny, what do you want to talk it's about true. today? And he kept saying, I don't know. And then every time I made a suggestion, he said, no, I don't want to talk about that. And you no. did text us yesterday asking. What and I said, hey, what do you want to talk about? So silence. I didn't say it was your, your fault. Your lack of preparation is your own fault. I know. Okay. I'm, I'm so not blaming you. you. Who are you blaming? The world and, and myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. What did you ask? <laughs> oh, how are you? Oh, I said that you thought it was absurd that oh, we do yeah. newcomer skips. Okay. Um... I, that was the first time I'd ever been introduced to the idea. Really? really? No way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it as a, it kind of felt strange. Okay. To me, I was trying to walk through um, visiting a church. Yeah. And then. Getting some swag. And then, yeah, it being like stated like, here, we want you to like give us your information and an exchange, you know? Yeah, there is a bit of that. Um, um, I don't actually require someone to give information to get a gift. Like when people say oh, they're sure. not comfortable with, or I'll be like, oh, would you want to um, fill out some information? And our pastor will give you a call to welcome you or whatever. Sometimes they say no. And I just say, oh, that's okay. But here, have a gift, you know, from us. We're just thankful that you were here today. So Yeah. Yeah. And my thing about the gifts too is that I don't like the hyper-branded, like, I don't want to, because it doesn't mean anything. One thing I talk about a lot ad nauseum at church is insider versus outsider language. And so there's a way that we speak in church that de- or uh, in our spaces that only means something to the insiders. And so one thing is like church. And that can be across the board. Oh, Whether right. you're like business, at schools, there's a certain language. There's lingo, um, there's language, there's That slang. you know that if I say one word, you know that it, this is what I mean, but if I said it outside... I would have to explain everything, right? What, like the context yeah. behind it. So, so my thing about like branded, like if I had cups that had our church name and it just had our church name on it, it might mean something to people who are part of it. So on the inside, but it's not going to mean anything to people on the outside. And so the other thing about like the gifts that we give is I make sure like our current one is a cup and it says hope, and it does say like first, very small on the bottom, but that isn't the mm. the main. Um, Interesting. 
the main event because I feel like our brand only means something to us. And, and the church brand thing is just weird to me anyway. But the word hope means... But the word hope means it something. carries something. Right. And it's a, a value of our church is that we're, hope, we're hopeful people. And yeah. so anytime we can communicate um, our values. And again, that can kind of go back to like representation. So when people walk into our churches, how do we silently communicate what we value? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's hard because you are literally creating an environment that's supposed to communicate. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been to your church. I like it quite a bit, actually. I see the the thing I like about your church. What? My ears just started ringing. Oh. The thing I like about <laughs> I thought you were making, like, I thought we were, you were, like, a player on the Astros, like, making signs. <laughs> you don't get that joke, do you? No. Okay. I don't play- <laughs> Baseball. Uh-uh. Um... <laughs> See, the thing that a lot of people like about big churches, like the frills, you don't have. Yeah. So when I walk into your church, it's you guys, like like very basic songs and lyrics. Like, do you have pro presenter or something? Yeah. Yeah, but it's just very, very basic. Your wife was leading worship um, the last time I was there, but there wasn't any of the flash, not any of the, it was no frills, and I liked it so much like my favorite times of worship were times like we were on a mission trip in mexico and it's a guitar and one person singing and we're worshiping and yeah one person talking and so it's just funny how um how much i like that even though i go to a church that is not like that at all yeah it's almost that something different is is benefit like there's something really beautiful and rhythm and and everything being the same and yeah. comfortable and home but then the one-time experiences outside are are beautiful too. My favorite thing about going to church on Saturday is visiting churches on Sunday. Yeah. So I get that experience fairly frequently of just like hanging out in these different places of worship and. What do you get from that? Like, what do you? What do I get from that? I mean, so yeah. So do you do you visit other churches on Sunday specifically to worship, or do you visit kind of yeah. both? Like, like I want to learn sort of more about this church, but also the benefit is I get to be here during worship. Yeah, right when I moved down here, it was more like I want to be able to know all the churches in town and not just know of them, but yeah. kind of... Like a neighborly thing to do. Yeah, um, but now it's we're actually trying to make our space communicate more of our our um, our values, like you're, you yeah. were just talking about, and really trying to think about that um, as me and a couple other people this year yeah and so it's been going to these other into these other yeah places of worship with that specific intention oh that's interesting yeah so really cool thing happened this week that we're going to talk about is liz was in the paper and (laughs) had a whole write-up about her intentional neighboring project which was really good and i'm excited to hear about because i don't get the paper and so go ahead and share about it (laughs) Liz is in the paper. <laughs> um, we have a local paper, and one of the writers for the paper actually goes to Liz's church and did a whole write-up about um, these intentional communities that she's been um, working on, and Liz has been in the neighborhood for seven years? Um, is it seven? Six. I've been I thought working last year there. was six. Well, <laughs> no, so I've lived there a year less than, how I've, than when I've been working, because it took us about eight months to find an apartment an apartment complex where I could rent, so. Okay. Yeah, so I've been living there for six, but I've been working there for almost seven. Right, and now they've sort of expanded the program, and they have more people 
living in the neighborhood and being intentional neighbors. Um, and a lot of your neighbors are Spanish speaking. Yeah. Interesting. I keep saying interesting. Yes, you do. I like that word a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I also say, yeah, 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 a lot. <laughs> now, so Liz now, pointed that out <laughs> a few days ago. And now every time I say it, dang it, Liz. <laughs> you're welcome. Why'd you say that? So we haven't really talked, we've talked a little bit about intentional neighboring and what that looks like and what that means. And even having this discussion about churches. So you visiting other churches, um, that's part of like being a good church neighbor, right? Interesting. I mean, if you think about it, like you want to get to know the people who are involved yeah. um, in other churches who do what you do. You want to get to know the people who live where you live. I think that that's a neighboring thing in both respects. Um, it's, it's funny. We started, this doesn't super connect, but it does a little bit. We started praying for other churches on Sunday mornings. For yeah. Service. You guys just got done through with C's. Oh, did we? I don't know. I haven't been in church in a while. <laughs> when you work at a church, sometimes it's hard to go to church, yep. which I'm learning. But it's funny, the first couple of weeks, people were coming up and saying, what's going on at that church? Because they were convinced that, you know, if we were praying for them, <laughs> then there must be something, especially when we prayed something for your else. church. They were like, yeah, those Church of God Seventh-day people, what is going on with them? Um, That's how I know you guys were done with C's. Oh. Yeah, Church of God. I didn't realize yeah. we were going through... <laughs> alphabetically. What church starts yeah. with a D? Do we have one? I can't think of one. The Church of Damnation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it in there. I got it. <laughs> Damnation's the word of the day. A little song plays. It's a good <laughs> Um, So if you had to give someone advice on how to be a good neighbor where they are, so I know that your, um, My your particular is context is... is Mis- like the intent was missional from the beginning, not we live in this neighborhood yeah, and we need to be intentional now. So what do you, um, yeah. really it's, I heard once, I don't know who told me, um, or where I heard this. So I could be <laughs> totally making this up. Um, but that one of the things that stopped people from really starting to meet their neighbors was the invention of the garage door. Oh yeah. Because you no longer had to get out of your car to open the door or even just leave your car parked outside, but you could literally drive in from work, pull into your house, into the garage and never see anybody. Yeah. Um, That's a thing. I've yeah. heard the AC is another one. Oh. Nobody has to sit outside on a hot summer's day. Oh, right. Yeah. And so I just think over, and I don't, you know, I don't know how many decades or whatever, over time, um, we've just stopped meeting our neighbors um, because yeah. we don't, because we don't have to. Right. Especially, I mean, now even in our day and age with all the social medias, we don't even have to go outside to meet people. We can know people across the world, but not know people who live next door. We don't door. have to go to the supermarket. We don't have to go to, right. the, we don't have to, go to we, Target. I don't ever have to have a face-to-face conversation with anybody. So my advice would be, I mean, it's as simple and as dumb as it sounds, is just go meet your neighbor. <laughs> go yeah. and, you know, when you see them outside, go say hi. Um, so my... Um, Brother and sister-in-law lived with my parents. Michelle talked about this a couple podcasts ago um, for a year. Um, But during that time, uh, my niece learned how she learned to walk and she kind of started talking. And they would walk her around the block or halfway around the block or down a couple houses. Um, And since they have moved and I've been over to my parents' house, the neighbors have said that they miss seeing Nessie. Oh, right. Because she's so happy and she's so outgoing. Um, and your neighborhood is a lot of older people, or your parents' neighborhood. Yeah, and it's a lot of people who have lived there for a long time. Yeah. So there's people that 
when I was growing up, they still live in that same house. Yeah. You know, so. so seeing a little one too is probably exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, and my dad, um, when I moved back from Mexico, my dogs moved in with my parents. They, Romy and Lola, live with Dennis and Jenny. Um, and my dad walks them twice a day in the morning and in the evening. And he has literally gotten to know everybody. He knows yeah. where everybody lives. Because he walks the dogs. Because yeah. he walks the dogs twice a day. And he chats with people. And my dad isn't a chatty person, but with his neighbors, he is. Um, yeah. And, you know, his neighbor across the street is <laughs> has told me that my dad is her best friend. Which is hilarious. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, and Why we, is that hilarious? Why do we choose that just, word? It's just hilarious. The two of them together is just so funny. It's um, She is, um, I believe, I don't know. She's from a different a Middle Eastern culture, and I don't want to yeah, sure what it, which one it is. Um, and just, just different worlds. My dad yeah. is, you know, German, you know, mm-hmm. was in the Marines, and here she comes over all the that's time. And, and it's... And they're just so funny together when yeah. you see them. So um, it's like an unexpected yeah. relationship. Um, my On one side, uh, where my parents live, there's a, 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 the, the son in this family um, suffers from some mental illness. Yeah. Um, and so he was actually, um, he slept during the day and was awake at night for some point in his mm-hmm. life. Um, and my dad, like, befriended him over the fence. Like, and so Aww. on his birthday, he was like, hey, Dennis, have a beer with me. And so my dad stood there and drank a beer with... Over the uh, fence? Over the fence with the neighbor. And they chatted. I mean, it's... Yeah. So That's it's so just, cool. you know, meeting your neighbors. And they now know that, you know, my dad will keep an eye out on their house if they're out of town. Yeah. And, you know, there's just... I mean, Romy and Lola got out of my parents' fence once the gate yeah. was open or something. And the neighbor knew exactly whose they were and, like, just went, okay, let's go home. And my dogs ran home. Right. And There's, like, a mutual benefit and, like, to neighbor. left a post-it saying, hey, your dog's got out. I mean, but it wasn't a big deal, you yeah. know. Do you, just, feel, do you feel like we overthink neighboring? Yes. Yeah. I think we overthink talking with people. Um, yeah. I know, like, I am a pretty awkward person and I have some really bad anxiety. So even I can suffer from that, like, oh, man, I have to go meet this person. I have to right. go talk to this person. But really, once you start... It's easy, you know, and then sometimes it's just taking that first initial step of I'm going to go meet my neighbor or I'm going to go, even if it's, you know, um, what's one of our new neighbor neighbors did um, over Valentine's Day is they baked cookies and they handed them out to everyone in their complex. And it was just a, hey, happy Valentine's Day. Here's some cookies. And that's all. But they said that they talked with people, you know, um, they had made connections because of the school involvement that we have. And it was great. And all they had to do was... Cookies. I actually think that there's quite a bit of like suspicion, yeah, that contributes um, to sometimes not being a good neighbor. So, like you just said, and this is my own whatever speaking, but you said that they went in and baked cookies and handed them out. <laughs> I was on the cookies. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't eat anything, but that's because I'm a germaphobe and I'm weird about that anyway. But I think you. But hear, the gesture. The gesture's so nice. Yeah. But I think you hear stories on the news and things of of people like, poisoning other people and doing these. You know what I mean? Doing <laughs> Johnny's no, looking at me. We like do hear those stories. But but I think sometimes I think we've created a, a culture that's paranoid and one that can be particularly paranoid about people who want to get to know them. Like, what's your angle? What's your edge? They're not used to necessarily having people that want to get to know them just because. And so especially if you don't share mm. some connection. And so like when you go to the gym, you're yeah. all people who work out at the gym. So you have this this connection, right? Mm-hmm. But my neighbor, I might not have any other connection other than we live in this neighborhood together. Um, and I think sometimes we've, we've hyper compartmentalized 
the way that we interact with others solely based on shared interest and not just shared on or not just built on shared humanity. Like we're all people. Like yeah. we all experience the human condition. We mm-hmm. all all have these similar things that might not be rooted down to specific interests or specific religions or specific ethnicities or languages. And so reaching beyond those, I think, has become tougher and tougher because we have so many opportunities now. Like back in the day, my grandma was friends with every single neighbor, even if they weren't exactly alike, because that's what you did. That's, you know, you had, you didn't go to the gym. You didn't have these different, I don't know, does that make sense? Like you didn't necessarily have outlets as much as you have them now. And I feel like that that almost hurts us as a culture because we have so many yeah. ways of of only being around people like us or who like the things that we like. Hmm. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I I just wonder. Um, I mean, any discussion about neighbor, all I ever think about is is Luke telling Jesus talking about the parable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Samaritan. Uh, but so I'm like I have a hard time saying that it's harder now like i think there was definitely just the rifts were even more defined and even more accepted like culture doesn't accept the rifts it might endorse it like somehow sure. fuel them but yeah i think as the biblical days there were more there was yeah. definitely more separation of yeah and yeah, yeah. I, I more mean i guess like in my even like my grandparents era hmm. you know, being neighborly was was what you did yeah it's just it was just like your way of life like you have yeah. these neighbors and that's just who they are. And so I grew up, you know, at my grandparents' house a lot. Um, and I knew all the neighbors because my grandparents knew all the neighbors. And I played with all of the neighbors' kids or grandkids because yeah. I was an older um, neighborhood. And when someone got sick or was in the hospital, it was just this automatic, like, you knew because you knew them. If my neighbor now was in the hospital, I would have no idea. Yeah. Like, the most interaction I've had with my neighbor, um, at least one of our neighbors, one, one of them we talked to a decent amount was I asked him why he cut his orange tree down because <laughs> I used to get the oranges that hung over the fence. <laughs> Not like in a mean way. It was like, I was joking. I'm yeah. like, Hey, you cut our orange tree down. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't know, but like in my grandma's day, she would have known everything on the block, like everyone on the block. If someone was sick, if someone had died, if someone had a relative that was sick, if whatever. And so we don't know that. Yeah. How much do you think that is just because of, the life situation you're in. Like, I think a lot of yeah. connection happens easily. Like you mentioned your family walking their, mm-hmm. their daughter or yeah. you know, their dogs or like, and in a retirement community, like everybody who's just kind of like around more. Yeah. I mean, if you don't do those things, then I think that that would be harder. Yeah. yeah um, Again, if you just pull into your garage and close the door and you pull out of your garage Yeah. and you have a gardener, you're not mowing your lawn, you know, there's that. Yeah. So I think you have to be intentional about it. I think you have to be, you know, mm. you know, when I look out my window, like I think of my, at my parents' house around, especially in like the fall, you know, when it's, when it's lighter, let's just like September, October, when it's light until eight o'clock at night, there's people outside, like the neighborhood walks at between seven and seven thirty. There's mm. just, everybody is just out walking around <laughs> the block, whether they have a dog, a kid, or they don't. Yeah. Um, and so, and everyone is just chatting with each other. And so if I, 
wanted to meet my neighbors, I would know, okay, between 7 and 7.30, I'm yeah. just going to go walking because somebody's going to stop me and talk to me. Um, so so yeah. do you kind of feel like the, your, the neighborhood has maybe its own language? Yeah. Even in where I live on the east side, um, I joke, but it's not really a joke, that the, the week, quote unquote, that I did crossing guard, mm-hmm. <laughs> really yeah. was like a month and a half of me doing crossing guard, I learned so much about the neighborhood because the moms talk. And so while I crossed their kids, they would tell me, oh, don't worry about this kid because he's sick and so he's home. Yeah. And I, was, yeah. I mean, I learned really? like the homeless network, like the homeless people who would tell me like, oh, so-and-so is over here. And I was like, wow, you're just crossing kids for an hour in the morning because yeah. everyone talks. No way. So yeah. just being a proximity mm-hmm. of people yeah. during their morning movement. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And same at like two o'clock when I would cross them back, they would... You know, they would tell me something else. I learned so much in that, like, month that I did crossing guard. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That is cool. I like it. Huh. Johnny's thinking. Your brain. I swear I can smell smoke when you're <laughs> thinking. <laughs> you just get this very intense. I'm just, I'm super intrigued about, like, because there's the distinction between knowing, which I struggle just to know my neighbors, that anxiety of looking out, like, and actually just feeling like if I go up and introduce myself, I'm going to be like, oh, why is this guy here? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, so I struggled just on the first part, but then the second part of being, of then loving neighbors. Yeah. Because that's like, a, like to really sacrificially love neighbors is a whole different thing that I'm just like, I'm so impossibly far removed from. I mean, it's just, it saddens me. And that's why I love talking to you. It's just, it's like, yeah. Well, one thing too, that happened with my dad recently, um, maybe a year ago or so, the neighbor across the street, um, the, her water heater had broken and her husband had just left for work and she didn't know who else to call. So she ran over to get my dad, like wow. of all people on the block. Aww. Your okay. dad sounds amazing. Okay, but my dad is not very handy. Like, <laughs> like in, but he like knew like exactly what to do. It was amazing, and yeah. um, it was just so. It's just you know, it takes time to have to build that that I don't know that friendship or that yeah. mm. just that knowing. But you know, if we never start that, then well, and if yeah. you don't know them, then you don't know their needs enough to love them, right? So yeah. then, how do you? And and this isn't even necessarily. Speaking from, like, an evangelistic... Oh, right. This is talking basic... Like, like the examples here are just normal. Right. <laughs> like and not that neighboring isn't or can't be evangelistic, but as Christians, I think it's even more important that we are intentional about loving our neighbors and being witnesses mm-hmm. of Jesus. It's just so difficult. For some reason, it's just... It's very hard for me. I can get yeah. to know people, and I get to know people quite easily, like... There, there. <laughs> there's a saying about people who have a, a face, that, has a certain look to it. <laughs> what are you saying? There's, there's, a saying. Resting bitch face is what she. Says. <laughs> <laughs> is that what she's trying to say? <laughs> and I don't have that. I have like, resting. <laughs> tell me about your whole life story face. And oh, so there we go. If I'm like. I've been at Kaiser a lot because I've been dealing with this sickness. Yeah. And it's so funny. I'll just be sitting there on my phone and the person across from me or next to me will just start talking to me. Nice. And I am fine with that. Um, but I don't necessarily put myself in intentional places. And so once that conversation mm. has started happening, then 
I'm fine to participate in it, but I don't necessarily instigate or initiate the initiates the right word <laughs> those conversations from the beginning. If that makes sense. Do you almost wonder if you haven't had to because you have this resting tell me your life story face? I think that that's what it is. And why Liz almost has to be intentional because she has this kind of more anxiety over these things. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think that that's a huge part of it. Like I haven't had to work at it Hmm. that much. But because I haven't had to work at it when that isn't the case and there's somebody who I meet or whatever or a neighbor is outside... That first saying hi is not really anything I've ever had to, like, exercise. Yeah. And so it's more difficult for me. But once, yeah, the other person starts the conversation, I'm happy to to talk. It's just the initial. Yeah. Yeah. You okay, Liz? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to sneeze because the cat's there. So I was like, uh, Liz is allergic to cats. Uh, and I, I wasn't that. thinking about that when we decided to have our podcast here today. We talk about me being allergic to cats, like, every week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I should know my neighbors a little bit better, I guess. Okay. It's funny because I was... Okay, so we didn't talk about anything super superficial, so I'm going to bring up the superficial thing right now. I discovered TikTok. Yes, you did. And you just, all you do is send me things They're TikTok, so good. But they are pretty funny. They're so funny. Do you know what TikTok is? Uh, Danielle showed me just a little bit ago. Oh, does Danielle have it? No. Yeah, she just like... A friend does. Yeah, I downloaded the app. I don't like post videos. So, so you're a stalker on TikTok. So much. So somebody posted a video and they like ran in the house screaming like, oh my gosh, come here, come here. Like, we have to move. And the husband goes, why? The neighbor said hi. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I was like, oh, yep, that's, that's a thing that people feel like, oh no, the neighbor said hi. They're going to want to be our friends now. Like, we're going to have to, they're going to expect something. They're going to expect neighborness out of us. Yeah. They're going to expect us to feed their dog when they're out of town and they're going to expect us to take their paper in and they're going to expect us to, you know, grab their Amazon packages when they're at the door if they're not home. We're, and, and so that expectation, I think, really scares people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I house it for a couple people here in town. Um, and what's fun in the summer is that one of these, a couple of these houses have pools. And at this one particular house, um, I was warned while I was housing there not to worry if I came home and people were in the pool because the neighbors know they can just come over and use it when it's hot outside. Yeah. And so I, I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. It's cool. Like, yeah. Also you know, awkward. <laughs> well, it's only happened like once or twice. And yeah. usually it's just like the kids are over there. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'll watch a movie. No that's much better than my house sitting story where I woke up one morning and the shower was running. <laughs> that's real weird. I was in college and I opened the bathroom door. And their son, who was in the shower, who was my age, he's not responsible enough to watch the house, so he's going to stay here. No way! I was wondering where this was going. I only know that because the next night I like come home and he's having a party with his friends at the pool. And I'm the house sitter. I had to be like, oh, hey guys. Jeez. No. <laughs> yeah, he was my age. But he's not responsible, so we were both staying there at the same time. That's so funny. Isn't that always like the house sitter's <laughs> nightmare, though, is that you're like sleeping and they, they come, come home? home. <laughs> or you haven't done the dishes. <laughs> or, I don't know. Do or Liz's laundry still in the dryer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's more like, oh my gosh, I left my laundry. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Even though that has never happened to me, every no. time I house sit, that runs through my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. So I'm house sitting right now, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to be home. I am staying with their daughter Saturday night. Oh. But, yeah. 
I, I, I wonder what it is about the... So you moved into... So this was the initial part of this question that I didn't understand. Because you moved into your community intentionally. Yes. You and me. Yeah. We moved I mean, in because there was a vacancy. Yeah. And, and we know we're supposed to be good neighbors. We know we're supposed to be loving neighbors. We know we're supposed to be intentional. But it wasn't like on the forefront of our brain in selecting that place, right? So my house is a refuge. Mm-hmm. It's a sanctuary. It's, a, it's mine. Yeah. Um, and so the thought of somebody like really like that, I'm not excited about it. The thought of somebody really what? Oh, I didn't finish my sentence. Being (laughs) a neighbor to me. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Saying hi and being like, oh yeah, this every day or every week. You're afraid that that won't be your refuge anymore. Like it'll become more. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, growing (laughs) up, I remember all my neighbors and that the house being a refuge and knowing they weren't mutually exclusive, but now that thought is firmly implanted in my brain. Do you brain. think part of that's being in ministry and just having a lot of a lot of people want things ask. from you? Yeah, I was going to ask that question. You can't steal my question. Then. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you think that is? <laughs> Forget what you just heard. I know. What's your question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's what it is. Yeah, I think that for me sometimes um, contributes. Is I feel like my job is so service oriented hmm. and people oriented that when I'm home, I'm sort of done peopling. Hmm. Like I just sort of get like, okay, I can't, I can't take someone else wanting a need, like wanting something from me, and that's it. Feels very selfish, and I, yeah, at basically part of it hmm. is that I just don't have good enough boundaries. So if somebody asks me to do something, even if I have to like super sacrifice to do it. I'll probably say yes because I feel like saying yes is the right thing. Yeah. Um, and so knowing that about myself makes me fearful. So I think if I had better boundaries, um, even in my job, yeah. that I would have the bandwidth to, um, yeah. and and maybe the courage, yeah, to have those relationships. Yeah, like boundaries in your work would provide you space, and then it would be able to tell you like oh yeah. and i can i can say no yeah like like if my neighbor asks me to do something and it really doesn't work out for me like i really can't make it work instead of bending over backwards and losing sleep and doing all the things to make it work i can actually say no to that yeah but the but because i'm so bad at saying no mm-hmm. it sort of made me um just avoid situations yeah. in which someone might need something from me yeah and that's super horrible in that like serving people at work with if you're not able to rest and create these boundaries like it makes it so not being able to be a, a light to the world like actually do the things that right. we're compelling people to do right but you're different <laughs> am i <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so it's not like every day i just feel like ooh, i'm gonna be a good neighbor every single day there are definitely days where i get off work and i go into my house and i there was not- a party at your house the other day and you couldn't park in your spot. Yeah, that's a normal occurrence. Um, it usually <laughs> tends to happen on a really busy weekend that I have. Um, um. <laughs> so, I mean, there are days where I definitely go home and just go to sleep. Like, or I just yeah. go in my room or yeah. just watch Netflix. Um, but I do my best to not do that every single day. Well, um, and people mm. know, though, that you're available. And so... Right. And, that, and for sure, like, after, like, eight o'clock at night like I'm not gonna 
unless it's an absolute emergency and I know what the emergency is, I'm probably not going to, yeah. you know, help a kid with their homework. Like, yeah. <laughs> nope, it's But every time you've hours. ever recorded the podcast at your house, there's I an know. interruption. Actually, this last time it was, we thought there was a fire. <laughs> it was just a barbecue <laughs> outside. <laughs> but kids always knock at your door yeah. to ask you questions. And so they know that your apartment is like a safe wow. haven, yeah. that you're a place. Um, and so I've had to also, like, my parents live in town, so I go to their house if I really need a break and I'll just sit on their couch or I'll go to my brother's house and you know play with my niece because that's recharging to me um so I just have to kind of find those places of refuge in different places if I know that my apartment complex is just going to be really busy Um, if there's going to be a party in the parking lot and there's going to be 80 people there then I know that "Mm, I probably (laughs) will spend most of that day I'll, I'll, I'll show up and I will say hi to people but I can't be there for long. That's not going to be a restful evening to So what you're saying is it actually makes it easier and harder. So the fact that you, like, this is your job. So in some respects, it makes it easier to be a neighbor because it's your life. Like, this is what you get paid to do. This is what you... Which sounds weird. No, I know. But, but, but yeah, missionaries get paid to be neighborly, too. And so that's just a thing. Um, But then it makes it harder because you also work where you live. And so you don't always necessarily get those... Breaks. Yeah, so like the last two weeks we've done the after-school program in my apartment because stuff has been happening at the park that we usually meet in. So my house has also been my office where I live and then also where we've had kids after school. Um, yeah. So it's just been busy. And so right now it doesn't feel super restful, mm-hmm. but um, just because I feel like I should be cleaning something. Yeah. Um, I am a little bit of a germaphobe, so if things aren't put back right... Yeah. I freak out a little bit. But um, I know that if I had a, a, a week or so where that wasn't happening, it would be totally fine again. So. Do you deal with, like, resentment? What do you mean? Hmm. I mean, is there ever a time where you yeah. kind of wish you could just be home and yeah. not... And I, and I don't mean that in a, like, you're super sinful, resenting what you're doing away, but in a, in a normal, like... Like, like if I had a normal job and I could just go home. Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely days. Um, yeah. This last month has been pretty hard with just stuff going on at at work and just in life in general, um, where I've wished I'd had a, a quote-unquote normal yeah. normal life. I always say, um, like, some days, like, ministry's great, but some days I wish I just worked at Starbucks yeah. because I could just, like, make drinks for people and still please people and make them happy and then go home. And then go home. And not have to, like, deal yeah. with any, um, like, spiritual repercussions I wouldn't get text messages. Nobody cares. Like when you work a job yeah. like that, you get to go home and leave the job. And, and I don't always feel like I get to do that. Um, yeah, there are definitely times where I feel that. Like I said, this last month I felt that way. But I don't feel like that enough of the time yeah. to actually change. take a step to quit. <laughs> yeah. You know, to right. actually like change that. Because yeah. I love, you what, love I do. what you do. Um, it, there's definitely seasons where it's hard. Um, but yeah, I, I don't feel that resentment all the time. It, it comes and it goes, and I think that's normal for anyone in any job. You right. Know, my mom was a teacher, and there were times when she thought, oh, I should do something else because I, can, I don't know how much longer I can handle teaching. Yeah. Um, so I think it's with just about anyone. Yeah. How about you? Do you, ever, do you ever feel like your ministry is the thing that keeps you from like being able to be a good neighbor or being able to... Um, only because of the stresses of them. I don't. I don't mean like. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. It seems like. Um, 
I mean, I, I, I feel the same things that like you kind yeah. of talked about feeling, but um, my head, for some reason, just won't like me. Uh, won't allow me to. Yeah. To blame my work. Not not to blame it necessarily, yeah. but it's sort of like a, um, like when you're in a profession that's oriented in a certain way, sort of like. Hmm, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. I don't really have a good one. You know, how is ministry encouraging this way of life outside of the church for people, like for those who work in it? Or does it almost hamper it in a way because we, like where, where, and we've talked about Sabbath before, but where do we sort of get that, um, that recharge and that ability and that motivation to then do what we are preaching that other people should do? Yeah. Those are brilliant questions. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so funny because even saying that, there's this tension in the three of us where, of course it's a thing, but it also feels bad that it's a thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I don't feel guilty, but I feel like, ugh, like, not, not even hypocritical as much as, again, when you kind of throw your weight behind this job that feels very much like, well, I show up and do this, and that's that's my ministry. Like, where's my ministry beyond my work scope? You know, yeah. is it? Mm-hmm. And if if not my neighbors, yeah, because if not the people way. that are literally closest to me in proximity every day, yeah, then who? I think that's why, to a degree, I can't consider for me neighboring to be my job because then I would feel like. Well, I checked my box off for the day. Yeah. Um, where that's not really what neighboring is. Um, mm. But I can totally see. And so I have to really, some days it is that way. Some days it is like, I need to go talk to this person about this thing and, you know, whatever. Um, but I try not to make that as much my job because otherwise it's not fun to talk to people. It's like, well, well, then I do my they job feel today. their and then they feel like they're the project. Yeah. They, they feel like they're my work. And yeah. I don't want that to be the feeling and that you don't want people to be my neighbors obligation. have about me, you know? Mm. Yeah. And that's a tension I don't I wouldn't know how to balance. Yeah. But I'm bad with tension, so <laughs> hmm. super impressed. <laughs> I don't know. Anything else we want to talk about <laughs> John you what? Dude, I, I still wanna circle back around. Circle back. So I still wanna circle back. The um cause in one of the things that I'm interested in is that at the office now, I I don't normally do any amount of study. And my home, huh. in which I don't, like my home is not a ministry space of doing, that's where I get all my reading done and most all my writing done is in that space. And it's curious to me how like, how I'm un... Like, I'm not utilizing my home to be so much a Christian in, like, loving my neighbors, but it's, like, another workspace in terms of preparing for these things. Mm. And then my work is just for, like, the people part of work. Yeah. Um, And I was just, as you were talking, it strikes me, like, you have these other clumps of things, except for that, that preparing piece, like, that reading piece and, like, that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so for my reading or my preparing, I do that at home. At home? I have, yeah, it's where, um, when I'm at my office, it's really hard for me to 
read just because there's usually people who have questions or I'm in meetings and so it's just never I never have enough time to really sit and read to prepare or to just prepare myself to um, be quiet just usually because there's other things going on it's a shared space with a lot of people and my home especially in the morning time like once once my neighbor kids go to school it's quiet for until about 11 so I fighting to get some reading or anything prepared like next week I have a couple of pretty big meetings so tomorrow morning I will be at home just reading and making sure that I have everything ready for the week to come. Right. Yeah. I have a good like two, three hours that I can just get that done. See, and I don't actually have a good space for any no. of it right now. So, But how do you get so much reading then? Yeah. Um, You're a fast reader. Though. I'm a fast reader is, is part That's of how. it. Like fast. Um, she reads four books a week, she told me. I can read up to four books a week. I don't get, I don't get through four every week, but I can. I can, I can read a book in a sitting. Like a decently. Jeez. Sorry. Yeah, but that's just I've always been that way, and so that's not a thing. She's also like um, I have very no idea good what that at Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're gonna talk about this. Yeah, we were in Chili's once. <laughs> oh, we were actually talking about it. And we were there was it was on TV, and she looked at it, and there were there were no letters, and it just said the the whatever the category You're lying. was. I'm not lying. There were no letters up yet. No, and she went. Oh, it's this. And the our waitress came by and she's like, "No, it's not." And it was totally that. And we thought you had cheated. No, there's didn't. not a way to cheat. How do you cheat at Wheel of Fortune? I do have a weird. It's it I'm was a wheel so. Savant. And she did it like two more times, <laughs> and the waitress like stood there while she was just like, well. Then it became like this party trick. It's like, well, what's this one, Sarah? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then she would get it right. Right after she went, I don't know. Oh, it's this. Didn't I watch it with your parents once, and they were like, mm, or yeah, someone? Yeah. Like, Stop answering. I'm not allowed. Like. At my aunt and uncle's, if it's on, they're like, Sarah, you're not allowed to solve it. Because they take away the mystery from them. Because <laughs> they want to play. It's a thing. Wow. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, talk about we, live, we live with my in-laws. Oh, yeah. I they um, are not super well. And so, we moved in with them a few years ago to sort of help take care of some things. And we are still there taking care of some things. Looking for a place to move, which is good. And they're doing a little bit better. And so, we're, we're starting to be able to actually say okay well we can go um but if i'm home then they're usually asking me to do things um but they do go to bed early and matt works late and so i do usually get one or two hours of of just quiet which is helpful um i go to starbucks i get up really early i go to pete's coffee and read and do my work and write i'm writing a book so yeah. I'm at, I'm at 37,000 words, which is Letters. Good. Letters. <laughs> Hopefully more letters. than that. <laughs> um, so I've obviously found spaces, but actually like even things like house sitting is really helpful um, for me because I get some, some space. But I really, people think that I'm an extrovert, but I'm actually an introvert who's just talkative. And so um, I definitely need space and quiet to recharge and do things. But my workspace is also very crazy. You know how it goes. You've, you've been in my... It's really twank, tranquil. I actually went by your office yesterday. Did you? I did. And you had your stack of books and your computer on top. And you must have had headphones on. Because uh, I knocked on the door. And you were like... Yeah, you had your hands over your ears or something. I don't know what you were doing. Whoa. That's funny. I should have taken a picture of that. That's funny. You must I was have been on a like call. a conference call I was or something. on a call. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um... But for the most part, like, the safe is in my office and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I shouldn't say that. 
<laughs> but so there are just people in and out. It's Why bolted, are they safe? It's bolted to the floor. It's behind I'm, the door. It's behind the door. <laughs> but I only know that because when I'm there, people are like depositing stuff in it all the time. Literally all day long. But but we also just work in a really loud office where there are a lot of personalities and a lot of things. And so um, I do better and get more work done if I'm not there, <laughs> which is funny. But, you know, it's hard not to be there. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, and sometimes this is sad and pathetic. But I'll just, like, sit in my car in the driveway and read or listen to Audible or a podcast just to have really? space to myself. Yeah, I have to have it. Yeah. So. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't always have, like, that natural yeah. space. Which, so I'm, I'm looping all the way back around. Whoa. To, it, it just makes me think that for the people in our churches or that we're serving that don't have this space in their lives to study, that providing like actually really deep um, college level, master's level material for them inside of a church, not maybe during the main service, but like yeah. we do ours like yeah. right before or on a weeknight, like creating those study spaces for people is probably a super important thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, even like a classroom. Mm -hmm. So if, if people yeah. like one thing our church does do is like a university sort of level three year like, oh, I forgot you guys program. That. Yeah. And it doesn't always work for me to go because I'm working, um, during those times, but I know that the people who do that really appreciate the deeper, um, the deeper knowledge and just the opportunity to learn more. But yeah, it's also like a classroom environment. And so there's space to do that. So part of, I think, the reason why I struggled through my Hebrew class was because... Yeah, I you was, had to create that. I had to create it, and Dude, I don't always have that. And so, yeah. Hmm. See, and I would love that if, like, my church offered just that really almost heady theological study that I could wrestle with. I would... Yeah. I right. would join that class. Yeah. And a shake head. Yeah. <laughs> what time is yours on Saturdays? <laughs> We're going to show up. I know. Liz and I are... Dude, we should have you as a guest teacher. May, March 28th. Oh, it's happening. I don't know. We might go to LA to interview someone else for the podcast. <laughs> True story. On March 28th? I don't know. No, I think he's having a baby before that. Don't Not him, like his that. wife. <laughs> Dude, they would love you. I have all the questions. You should do it. You should do it. Uh, I don't know anything. Team. We should tag That's team. That's exciting. Also, tag team. for the Lodi community... Steve, I really want Steve to start teaching a a Greek for the whole community. He taught for like seven years, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, Just I think Greek? so. Yeah, yeah, one of our pastors taught Greek. I know that. Now we know. Yeah. Well, we're at an hour and six minutes. <sighs> I know. Are there no. other things we need to talk about or should we? We can talk about how you got mad at me. That was the first time you've ever gotten <laughs> mad at me. No. Voice was raised. Dude, Johnny, was com Johnny comes into my office all the time to insult me. I, he literally comes in and he goes, <laughs> We're going to end on this note? Yep. Why is your desk crooked? We need to move your desk over. It's not centered. I'm like, okay, Johnny, we can do that. He's like, you look so magisterial, like sitting there with your collar. That's a, that's a compliment. Again, that is a compliment. we're confusing compliments and insults. He also told me once that he won't read books by anyone who doesn't Oh, have don't say that on Don't say that here. What? Who, who doesn't have a doctorate. Oh, please don't say that. Wow. I didn't say it like that. I said, I just prefer most of the books I take the time to read. <laughs> so you won't read Sarah's book when it goes. I'm not gonna add you to the advanced reader list, so add me. Add you me. Know, I'll add you. You know I've taken it back three times. I since know. Then. I just have to keep <laughs> talking so about it. It's so not fair. 
But he just comes in and stares at me for an hour and tells me I'm wrong and asks me questions and then goes, mm, really? Is that true? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, you, you. I shouldn't have brought this up. No, I know. <laughs> you did this to yourself. No, I'm just <laughs> like, he sent me a picture of his office and was like, mine looks better than yours. Basically. I can't. <laughs> That's just kind jesting. I love it. It, it makes my heart happy. I even tweeted after the last time you stopped in and said that I used to not like interruptions, but there are certain people who I like when they come in because I feel like she did it's say a good, that. Wow. Yeah. So. so it's good. I like it. Cool. I'm just giving you crap. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, it was good to have this discussion with all of you. I'm Sarah. I'm Liz. I'm John. And we'll see you next <laughs> see time. You well, two of us will. Yeah. We don't know about the other one. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye.